All right, what up, what up? We are live back in action. The Power 32 podcast in the house on this Saturday evening. I'm getting all confused as to what day it is. It's been a beautiful four-day weekend. Even though I've had to work here and there, it's all good. I got a good company. I'm happy. I'm proud. And I'm ready to roll. I was on Courtney Harden's show, The Real Deal, earlier today doing NFL talk. We went over some of the Thanksgiving games. We talked about what we're looking forward to in NFL Week 12. And some fantasy football as we're in the same league. Right now, we're both in the playoffs, along with my two other co-hosts on third and three, Nikki and Damian. So we're all in there. Let's see if we will be by, you know, week 14, 15, whatever the hell the damn playoffs start. But today, I want to go over the NFL betting lines like we did last week. Kind of split um, a little. I think we were maybe a game over, actually. Um, we had uh, Chris and Courtney actually were both in here. So I kind of wanted to go over it again, see what we got this week, check out some of the odds and see what you guys think. And let's see if we can get some par pays going on like we say over on third and three podcasts but this is the power 32 podcast presented by the sports column brought to you by Reebok all you got to do is go to third and three podcast.com check out all the cool gear that we got at Reebok they got great deals going on now for like hoodies and fleeces and all that stuff of course you can get your kicks sneakers basketball shoes vintage shoes whatever you want they got it all discounted prices delivered right to your door beautiful thing gotta love it all right, let's jump in. Here we go. We had our Thanksgiving games. Look, by now, they're already old. It happened a couple of days ago. Minnesota looked impressive um, against the New England defense, which is really good. So that was one of their better wins of the year. And maybe not a Fugazi team right now, looking a little bit better. Dallas did what they had to do. They made their halftime adjustments, came out, beat the Giants in the second half pretty handily. And as far as the Lions go, we're looking at a team that may actually be a playoff team next year. Not this year. They were four and six. If they went to five and six, damn, they would have been close, man. But now they're at four and seven, and they were my seventh team getting in the uh, wild card in the NFC this year. So it kind of kills me a little bit. But anyway, those are the Thanksgiving games we want to move on. Time to go to the odds. Let's go to the line. And right now I'm using draft, uh, draft book. Listen to me. Draft King Sportsbook. That's what I'm using. So that's what I'm going by uh, if you're following along. The first game I got the Texans versus the Dolphins, and it's a 14-point spread. That is a lot. But the problem is the Texans are, what, 1-8-1? and one? They're terrible. They're an awful team. Miami is cooking, man. Look, they got some of the best wide receivers, probably the best tandem in the entire game when you talk about Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. They're rocking right now at 7-3. and three. Tua hasn't lost a game that he started and completed. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about MVP right now? You know, Patrick Mahomes has got it by a landslide, but two is definitely two or three or four in there, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. But 14 points, yo, man, I got to say – they're going to cover. <laughs> They're going to cover. They're that good. And they're relentless. They don't take their foot off the gas at the end of the game either. In the fourth quarter, if they're up by 14, they're going for it. They're still trying to make things happen. So I would take minus 14. I would lay those points, man. I know that's tough, but I would lay them right there. All right? I don't know what you guys think, but I'm laying the 14. The next game is Baltimore at Jacksonville. So the Ravens are favored by three and a half in this game. And Jacksonville has been somewhat disappointed because a lot of us thought that maybe they'd be a six, seven win team, which is not great, but it'd be a vast improvement on getting the number one seed for the last 15 years in a row or the number one pick in the draft, I should say. I mean, enough is enough. So um, they're really not that good. Trevor Lawrence, you know, the books are not written on this guy yet. We're not sure. Yeah, he's got talent, but not a whole bunch of great stars surrounding him. Travis Etienne is definitely coming to his own this year. The defense plays one week. The next week they don't play. Against Baltimore, who themselves have been kind of sloppy. 
They have not been playing really good football lately. Not the Baltimore Ravens brand football that we're used to seeing. Part of that is the fact that they have to keep going to, whether it's Justice Hill or Kenyon Drake at running back. And I'm not saying they're bad, but that's not what they're used to. They're used to that kind of like ground and pound style and then let Lamar get on the outside and do his thing. So them being favored three and a half, even though Jacksonville's not a good team, I got to say, you know what? I would take that three and a half for Jacksonville because I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it'll be a field goal type game. And Jacksonville, you know, they are home in this game. I um, just want to make sure and check on the records. Yeah, Jacksonville, yeah, they're three and seven, Baltimore seven and three. But sometimes you got to throw away the records when styles match up. And in this instance, I believe that Jacksonville, with their quickness at linebackers, could match up. I like Baltimore to win the game, but I don't like them to cover the three and a half points. Cincinnati, Tennessee, next game, rematch. AFC division around last year where Brian Tannehill threw three picks, but the Titans sacked Burrow nine freaking times, nine times. The Bengals right now are a point and a half favorite going into Tennessee, where Tennessee actually has a better record right now. And it kind of is surprising. They're seven and three. The Bengals are six and four. It's tough, all right? Uh, Bengals look like they're taking off. Tennessee looks like they're kind of stagnant. You know, Traylon Burks coming back, I like that a lot. They rely on Derrick Henry immensely, getting Damian Hillard in there to do certain things. Um, if the pass game can get going and they can play really good defense, they could beat the Bengals. And if Jamar Chase was in this game, I would say, you know what? Yeah, I like Cincy. They would probably go in there and win that game. But I think that the Titans' defense is tough enough where I think they're going to win the game outright. So give me a point and a half. I'll take it on Tennessee. Point and a half, give it to me. And I'm going to take them to win the game outright. The next one is an ugly game, dude. It's the Chicago Bears who are going with Trevor Simeon against the New York Jets who are going with Mike White. The over-under is 38 and a half, and I mentioned that because it's probably going to be about 18 points scored in the entire game. It's going to be ugly. Now, maybe a little more than 18 points, maybe 19 or 20, but for real. I would bet the under in that game in a heartbeat. But to go to the line, the Jets are favored by seven points. Mm, seven points. All right, with their really third-string quarterback, and, again, the Bears going to Trevor Simeon, who's been around for a while but hasn't proved the damn thing yet. So what's going to happen in this game? Can the Jets cover seven points? Well, their defense is going to be pretty much lights out. We know that. But are they going to put up points on the board? Can the Jets do that? Are they going to be able to get Michael Carter going in the backfield? Are they going to be able to get the ball to Garrett Wilson and so on and so on and so forth? I don't know. Seven points is a lot right there. Where, again, Chicago, I don't see them scoring much either. That's why I love the under in this game. Probably wouldn't touch the seven points, but if I had to, I would say, yeah, you know what? The Jets are going to make enough plays on defense where maybe they pick off Simi and get a fumble, return for a touchdown, something like that, where they win by 10. So I probably would lay the seven points, although I'm not comfortable with it. What I would do, like I said, is take the under at 38 and a half. Next game I got is the Atlanta Falcons, who are five and six against the Commanders, who are six and five. Who can believe that? So the Commanders are favored by three and a half points. Taylor Heineke has been doing his thing, man. No doubt about it. It's been working out really well. He's just got the pulse of that team. They react to him. And it's amazing that entire NFC East, we're talking about Dallas, Philly, the Giants, and Washington, all over 500, not just 500, all over 500. Washington's been playing some sneaky, sneaky good ball, but they're not blowing anybody out. So Atlanta's got some firepower when you talk about Cordero Patterson. Kyle Pitts is out now. That's a problem. They need to use Drake London more, but they run the ball really well. So with that line right there, even though I think that Washington's going to win, it might just be by a field goal. So that three and a half, give it to me with the Falcons on the road. I'll take it. But I still like the commanders to win the game. 
Next, we go to Carolina, where they are hosting the Denver Broncos in another rugby game. The over-under in this one is 36, guys. Take the under as well. I mean, we're talking about maybe a 17-14 game if they're lucky, if they score that many points. Um, but Denver is favored by a point going into Carolina. And that's just Carolina is freaking playing Sam Donald this week. Wow. All right. And Denver, despite the fact that they still can't find out a way to win, they're in every single game. And I think in a game like this, they should be able to take the victory. They should be able to win. Like I said, they are favored a point on the road in Carolina. That tells me a lot of what I need to know right there. Give me Denver on the road, laying one. The next game we got is Tampa Bay, who was only 5-5 five and five, against Cleveland, who is a better 3-7 and seven than their record. Now, Tampa is favored by three and a half points in this game. And I get it. That makes sense. It looks like they're starting to come back around a little bit, maybe find their groove, you know, like Stelling, getting their shit together. But Cleveland is a tough team. And getting three and a half points at home, home dogs, I like that a lot. I'm not sure that, that you know, the Bucs are going to be able to put up enough points where it's going to be some sort of blowout. And Cleveland can hang in there. They can run the ball on Tampa's defense. Tampa's defense has not been that good. I can see David Njoku going off. Maybe Amari Cooper again. Maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones. Kareem Hunt. All right, they got a lot of firepower themselves. They don't throw the ball particularly well, but sometimes when Cooper is on his game, they do. And then their running game looks great. So you know what? Cleveland at home, man, I'd probably take the Buccaneers to win, but I'll take Cleveland getting three and a half in that one all day. They might win the game outright, but I don't even think they'll lose by more than three. So let's go to that one. I like Cleveland at home plus three and a half. Next, we go to the four o'clock game over here or the beginning of the four o'clock games, which is, the freaking Raiders, who are plus four against the Seattle Seahawks, obviously laying four. Oh boy. Oh, what are we gonna do with this game over here? All right, Vegas three and seven, Seattle six and four. They're coming off there by Seattle, hopefully getting for their sake healthier, stronger, getting ready to go. Still want to compete for the division. They are a playoff type team right now. They are. The Raiders are not. So what are they playing for? Pride, numbers, contracts, things like that. So they can hang in there. Four points is interesting. Is Seattle good enough to beat them by that many? We've seen Vegas shut down on offense. But when they go to Josh Jacobs, they seem to do a pretty damn good job. And that's what I expect the Raiders to do. Run the ball, work off play action, get the ball to Devonta Adams like they did against the Broncos last week. So I think the Raiders can get enough points where they can hang in there with Seattle. So I'll take the four. Not sure who's going to win this game. I'd probably lean more towards Seattle. You know, a little trip that you have to go up the West Coast over there. But uh, the Raiders plus four, I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. We also have next the Chargers and the Cardinals, as we're still in the 4 o'clock slot over here. Um, 405 start. <clears throat> Chargers are favored by three. You guys know how much I can't stand their coach. Brandon Faley, I call him. I, I just I can't get over it. But it's not like the Cardinals have a great coach in Cliff Kingsbury. And I hear that Kyler Murray is, Kyler Murray, excuse me, is ready to go this week. Him and D-Hop hook up beautifully, but so do Herbert now and getting Keenan Allen back for the second game. We'll see if Mike Williams is able to go. But the ultimate X factor in the game is Austin Eckler. There's no doubt about it. So Arizona's not been really, you know, they haven't shown us much in offense this year. And we know that the Chargers can score. So I'm going to take the Chargers in this one on the road. It's all well and good. They don't have to make a long flight out to Arizona. Not that big a deal. They're laying three points. Again, I don't love this team because they're poorly coached and they should be better than five and five. But Arizona is that bad that I'm going to take the Chargers to win by more than three points on the road in that game. All right. 
This next one is kind of near and dear to my heart as one of my co-hosts on the 3rd and 3 podcast is a Saints fan. I'm a Niners fan, and the Niners are favored by nine points. Games in San Francisco, that's a lot. Um, New Orleans, look, sometimes they catch fire. Chris Olave has been fantastic this year. Andy Dalton has had his shining moments. They still have Alvin Kamara, but they're going to be missing Marshawn Lattimore this game. He's doubtful. Um, they're going to be missing um, Armstead on the line. Uh, they're going to be missing, um, uh, not Armstead, I'm getting the name wrong, but they're missing one of their better linemen. Excuse me, I'm missing a name right now. I apologize about that. But offensively, it's been tough for them, and they've been trying to immerse Taysom Hill into the starting lineup a little bit more. Hey, Courtney, what up, man? How's it going, brother? Yep, inspired to uh, do a little show action today. Yep, and I thank you very much for inviting me on the show. I had a great time. So it made me feel like talking more football going over the point spreads over here, man. So, yep, had to do it. Had to do it, Courtney. So always glad to see you. And talking about that Niner game right now against the Saints where the Niners are at home laying nine points. That's a lot of points. But I got to think, Courtney, maybe their defense is good enough to hold it up, maybe cause some turnovers, which they're not used to doing. But the Niners' defense is so solid and the Saints are so up and down. It's a lot of points tonight, but I think the Niners can win by 10. So you know what? I'll lay the nine points, Courtney. It's it's tough, but I'm going to lay the nine points on that one. I'm not not a game that I would bet, and I never bet on my 49ers. Let that be said right here and then. Uh, but, Damien, I think you got problems coming up this weekend, brother. I'm sorry. My, my other real dear brother right there. All right. We got a couple more games, three more games to do. Um, we have our, two, our Sunday night game, our Monday night game. Before that, we have the Rams and the Chiefs. Guys, this should be an absolute annihilation. Bryce Perkins is starting, okay, for, for the L.A. Rams. Cooper Cup is out of the game. What are they going to do? Are they going to give the ball to Cam Akers 14,000 times? It's just not going to happen. And doesn't even mean that anything good is going to result out of it. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who are probably the best team in football right now, right next to the Eagles. You want to put them one and one A. It doesn't make a difference to me. KC is the best team in the AFC. We'll leave it flat at that. The Rams can't score. They couldn't score with Stafford and Cup. What makes you think they're going to score without them? So 15 and a half points? Whoa. All right. Yeah, I'm laying it. I'm laying 15 and a half points. Kansas City, which I have no problem winning this game by 20 points or more. I know it's crazy, and it's a game that I would not bet, and I'm not advising you to bet it. But if it's going to be where they get, you know, they're favored by 15 and a half, and the over-under is 41 and a half, I'm thinking Kansas City is going to win the game like 41 to 3. So that game might even go over right there, as, as insane as that possibly is. Out of control. Out of control. All right, last two. Um, I don't know if Courtney's still in here, but we're going to talk about his Green Bay, not his Philly, <laughs> his Philadelphia Eagles, where Green Bay is coming into Philadelphia to play. And it's only a six and a half point spread now. Is that because Philly has been playing up to par lately? They haven't, they've been up and down a little bit, almost lost to Indianapolis, had that loss against Washington on Monday Night Football. So they haven't been playing their best. They're trying to get Jonathan Taylor going a little bit more. All right. Um, uh, Jonathan Taylor, listen to me. The, the Green Bay is trying to get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon going a little bit more, and that's going to help against Philly because one weakness that Philly has is their run defense. That's why they went out and they got Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph. All right, so that's what Green Bay is going to want to do. They're going to try to run the ball successfully, and if they do, they'll be able to go play action all day and hit Alan Lazard and Tanyan, see if they can get Christian Watson back in there, his health and all that stuff, but um, he had been shining lately. He had five touchdowns in two games. I mean, he was doing great before he went out and he got hurt. Um, Philly is overall the better team, but I can see this being a really good game. It could be a closer game than people think. So the Packers are getting six and a half, 
I'll take it. I'll take the six and a half. I like Philly to win the game on Sunday night, but you know what? Six and a half, it may be a little bit too much. I think that Green Bay still got a tiny bit left that they can handle. And again, if that running game works, then Philly's going to have to play their style of ball, which is also running the ball and counter that. All right. Because Green Bay is going to try to take a lot of time off the clock and leave that uh, Philadelphia offense on the sideline. That's what I would do. That's what makes sense. Let's finish it out. Monday night football. Here we go. Pittsburgh Steelers versus Indianapolis Colts. This game looked a lot better on paper in the beginning of the year. Right now, it's not one of the ones you really want to see. But anyway, it is on TV. We are watching it. It's Monday Night Football. The Steelers are 3-7. and seven. The Colts are 4-6-1. Again, going back with Matt Ryan now. So in this last game over here, let me give you the odds for it. As the Steelers going into Indy, the Colts are favored by 2.5 over the Steelers. What does that tell you? That tells you that Vegas wants you to bet the Colts because they say, oh, a field goal? That covers two and a half. No problem. Well, I don't know. Pittsburgh's been a tough team. They can play defense. They got T.J. Watt back, okay? George Pickens has been fantastic. If they can get a running game going with Najee Harris, then you know what? Watch out. And it's not like the Colts have been beating up teams all year. They haven't. They've had a rough go. Their best win clearly was against Kansas City going back to week four or whatever that was. And since then, you know, they really, again, have not looked right. They have the whole St. Elegant thing going on. Jeff Saturday comes in. He's one and one as a head coach. He's going to try to go two and one. The game isn't Indy. Again, they are favored by two points. But in this game, mm, I might like the Colts to win. But I would not be surprised if the Steelers won. And because of that and because of the way that they match up and the Steelers are a tough team and they should be able to stop Jonathan Taylor, probably 75 yards or under. If they do that, Pittsburgh wins the game. Pittsburgh wins the game because they aren't as bad as their record says they are. I know that Bill Parcells says, you are what your record says you are. I totally understand all that stuff. I get it. I get it. Get it. Yada, yada, all that. Bah, bah, bah. But I see a team that always fights. They try. They do. Look, Kenny Pickett is still getting his feet wet. All right. He's a rookie and he doesn't have a good offensive line to help him out. But against these Colts over here, I think they do match up well. Watch out for T.J. Watt getting in, making a few plays, batting down balls, getting a couple of sacks. You know, you also got um, Highsmith over there. You got Cameron Hayward in the middle, Minka Fitzpatrick. And look, they still got players, all right? So Pittsburgh, watch out for them. They should not be overlooked in this game. All right, I want you guys, thank you very much for hanging out with me. I wanted to make this a really quick one. I was shooting for 20 minutes. I got 20 minutes. I want to give a shout-out to Courtney Harden for sure. I was on his show earlier, The Real Deal. Fantastic. Just like my boy, Damian Adams, the real deal on third and three podcast, me, him and Nikki Gist going at it every Wednesday night at seven o'clock. That's where you can find us having a whole bunch of fun talking NFL and a whole lot more going off on weird tangents. We don't know where we're going to go. The whole show is unscripted and that's the way that we like it. That's the way we're going to keep it. Power 32 podcast in the house, bringing it to you over here for a quick quickie for you. All right. So if you like uh, Benton, Listen to the Sports Prophet. I've been doing pretty well lately, all right? I went 11-3 and three last week, so you got to like that. Not too bad. Anyway, going to sign off for now. I wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy your Sunday NFL football. We'll see you later on. Peace. We out of here.